0: Hello! Welcome to the Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Cubiculus. Today is a sun. No, what the hell is today? It's uh, this behind-the-scenes action, which you don't technically need to know, but sometimes I give anyways. Today is Thanksgiving Day within the country of Canada. It is uh, Monday, October 12th. This episode posted much further than that. I believe that Twenty-eighth. So you don't need to know any of that. Why did I tell you that? I don't know. Something I do know that I need to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. I say this because there will be spoilers, most likely, so, you know, that's a warning of them. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that, if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million doll hairs. Doll hairs? No. Dollars No. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend, perhaps. You rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as that is, you know, good for podcasts, and this being a podcast, it would be good for it. Yay. Okay, uh, we're going to try to actually factually follow the... Uh, countdown timer today. Uh, we'll see how that goes. That will start when I push this button like this with my thumb. Let's get ready to review some things. Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is the real adult haunted house, which has things like taxes, 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 uh, job loss, awkward social situations, um, cancer, you know, actually factually real scary things. Thank you, sponsor. Okay, it looks like I've got uh, three movies, so there is potential that I could fit them all in within the allotted time, although it has just about never happened that way. So, you know, my hopes are not, <laughs> excuse me, my hopes are not high. What is high is uh, some scenes in this movie where drugs are done. Ah, segue. Uh, this movie's called The D Train. Uh, let me read the imbed, which may help you to understand what the movie's about. Hmm... Uh, the head of a high school reunion committee travels to Los Angeles to track down the most popular guy from his graduating class to convince him to go to the reunion. Uh, the tracker down comes in the form of uh, Mr. Jack Black. The trackee, sure, if that's a thing, uh, is uh, Mr. James Marsden. So, uh, basically, it's a little bit of a... I, I don't think buddy cop... A buddy travel, yeah, it's a buddy movie it's a it's a movie a uh, um, a man, a romance uh underlined man uh what's another thing you would call this it's where the two guys are the the main characters of a film and they have their sort of ups and downs throughout the film of a usually <laughs> actually you know what this takes it a little bit further. Uh, usually in a movie like this, like your, you know, planes, trains, automobiles, uh, get hard most recently, uh, I can think of as an example. Uh, it's it's two guys who are, uh, they don't really, they're, they're friends and then they're not friends and then at the end of the movie they're friends again. Uh, this takes it that sort of uh, slight step further and when Jack Black goes to visit this guy, finds out that he's a bisexual and um, has some sex with him, which uh, a Jack Black uh, homosexual sex scene is probably not something I would put high on my list of things that I want to witness, no offense to Jack Black uh, or James Marsden but uh, yeah (laughs) what the fuck that can't be right well there's no way that's right I haven't been talking for five minutes. That's that's impossible. What, am I playing this at super speed or something? Uh, anyways. Uh, yeah, well, maybe it has been five minutes. I don't know what's going on. Okay, so, uh, yeah, technical difficulties perhaps are brewing? Shit. Uh, there's some laughs. There's some cringes. There's an uh, interesting story and uh rating wise i'll probably go three out of five which as you know is uh, enjoyed while watching other than that scene uh probably wouldn't watch again which uh, i think fits well for the d train Uh, okay so moving on to me and earl and the dying girl Uh, this movie was very very sad uh there may have been manly tears shed by me Uh, High schooler Greg, who spends most of his time making parodies of classic movies with his co-worker Earl, finds his outlook forever altered after befriending a classmate who has just been diagnosed with cancer. Oh Jesus. Okay, so, uh, probably one of the biggest spoilers of this movie, uh, which I'm tempted not to say, but I'm more tempted to say something they did that uh, literally uh, dropped my jaw. My jaw dropped. Uh, And I'm giving a a further warning here of spoiling this movie. Uh, At the beginning of the movie, which is narrated by the main character uh, Greg, who's played by Thomas Mann, he says uh, about the girl with cancer, you know, don't worry, she's going to be fine in the end. Uh, you know, if this is gonna have a happy ending, don't worry. He li- he literally says basically those exact words. And then, um, at the end of the movie, the girl dies of cancer. Which, I-, I think that added level of shock that, uh, that that added maybe was why it was extra sad. And more sadness mingled with anger that he friggin' lied. And the whole movie... You're kind of you're, you're It's almost like you're you're laid back a little bit. You know things are going to turn out well, and then when they don't turn out well, the combination of incredibly sad with the anger over being tricked uh, is just very very emotional. So uh, I, I'm I'm happy he lied on the the sort of level of having a movie that makes me feel very strong emotions, uh, and then angry because f- I feel bamboozled. Yeah. Uh, On the note of rating, I'm going to go 5 out of 5. Just a really incredible movie and would recommend it um, (laughs) without being spoiled. So hopefully you uh, didn't get spoiled. And fast forward where I gave so many warnings there. Let's hope. Let's hope. Uh, Okay, so moving on to the last movie called The American Scream. Oh, yeah. Uh, An original documentary which follows three families in a small seaside town in Massachusetts as they prepare for their annual homemade haunted houses. Uh, So this movie, actually, because of when this uh, podcast episode is going to drop, which is the technical term, uh, right before Halloween, this kind of works out well. Uh, so it's three families who live uh, within miles of each other in the same sort of neighborhood who each year create seemingly more and more elaborate haunted houses on their properties every year for Halloween. Uh, and, and they go friggin' nuts. Quite literally, seemingly. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's, uh, there's many, many laughs at the sadness of their exploits. Yeah, I feel kind of bad for saying it that way, but uh, it's just they're kind of uh, losers is not a word I would like to throw around, but that is the kind of feel that the documentary makes you have. It's that feeling of uh, watching people struggle uh, and getting incredibly frustrated at times over this struggle for seemingly not a giant reason. I, I guess the reason they give is that it gives them joy, but that joy is fleeting in that it only lasts for that day, Halloween, and the build-up to it, uh, it's just sort of depressing to watch all their struggles and, and the futility of some of the things they try to do, and how frustrated to the point of tears they, they get over things going wrong, and uh, it, it's a lot of ups and downs of emotions in this one as well, uh, and a lot of laughs. Um, that probably you'll feel a little guilty for laughing at. (laughs) Which is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, Rating-wise, I'd go four or five. Really, really enjoyed this one and would recommend it. Okay, so what's going on with this timer? I'm going to push it again, and we'll see what's happening. Okay, something strange going on. I'll probably have some edit points here. Let's see, minute 11. There we go. Remember to edit Mena 11. Television Talk. Today's Television Talk sponsor is the Drowned Ghost Laundromat. Oh, thank you for that, Drowned Ghost Laundromat. Today, we're going to be talking Dr. Whoozle's. Yes. Uh, Yes, so what I think we'll do is I only planned on talking about one episode, but uh, because I watched another one yesterday, maybe we'll throw both in here. Yeah, that makes a sort of sense. Okay, so um, furthering my additional spoiler warnings, I'll I'll have some in this for sure for Doctor Who, which uh, I think for me... Uh, personally Doctor Who spoiler warnings are the most important of all spoiler warnings that there are really uh, because it's a very spoilery show uh, if that is a is a word or a phrase that makes sense which I think it is okay so uh, first we're gonna talk about under the lake uh, this episode does something that seems to be a friggin theme uh, this season and that is uh, killing a main character. <laughs> And then, seemingly, uh, the viewing audience, myself included, scratching their head and saying, okay, there's no there's no way in hell this person is dead. In this case, it was Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, the last episode, was it the last? Yeah, I guess it must have been the last. Or was it this one? Uh, now I'm a little confused. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, it, it was this one. This episode ends, and spoiler with seemingly the doctor being dead, <laughs> all evidence points to his death, which is just friggin' a crazy thing to do, especially when we come from last episode where uh, we thought Clara was dead for a time. So they're really given the ups and downs on this emotional roller coaster here. Um, it all takes place. Underwater, in like not a submarine but like an underwater base where the TARDIS has taken the Doctor and Clara because shit's going down. Uh, The shit in question is seemingly ghosts, or are they? Uh, I think I can uh, get away with not talking about too much what it actually is, which uh, in a sense means it's less spoils because. Uh, I've pulled you in with my interest of the Doctor being dead, but haven't explained any it, any of it, so that will make you think, huh, maybe I should really watch this to find out what the answer is. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, so uh, the episode that follows that is called Before the Flood, which sort of explains how he's not dead. Um, I- I'm kind of... Not wanting to talk about this one either. But what I do want to talk about is things I've been seeing online as far as Doctor Who. So this is sort of more of a tangent than talking about the episodes in particular. Uh, the tangent comes in the form of uh, seeing a lot of rumory, uh, strong evidence rumory things that uh, Doctor Who next season may not, in fact... Uh, happen or happen differently than normal and I did air quotes there uh, apparently this is one of if not the most least watched season of Doctor Who uh, maybe not ever but a, a steadily sort of declining viewership has happened since uh, Peter Capaldi has taken uh, taken the office of Doctor Who which uh, is sad that that's happening uh, and I, I can kind of feel why it has happened. Uh, It's just such a a jump from your sort of typical Doctor Who to Peter Capaldi. Uh, You're going to probably run the risk of losing people and it sounds like that has in fact happened. Uh, On some levels I can see it like he, uh, because he's not uh, likable. Yeah, he's just not really that likable. It, It kind of makes me sad that people may see his episodes for the first time and think uh, I don't really like this show, that guy's he's he's not very nice, uh, meh pass uh, so that's something that is, from the sounds of it brewing that there's going to be some shakeups in the world, which is exciting uh, that didn't feel like enough time either uh, anyways, the shakeups in the form of uh, cast changes with new doctors. Uh, Clara has also decided to leave the show. Uh, that news I heard first. Uh, I recently got her autograph too, so good thing I got it, I guess, before she moves on to other things. Uh. Yeah, uh, the other sort of possibility I've heard is that there won't be a season 10. It would rather, it would take the form of a series of specials. So uh, that's that's very sad news as well. So all, all in all sort of sad Doctor who newsy stuff there for you that I just wanted to talk about. And uh, if you have heard of this, and know anything about it, maybe uh, uh, contact me to the address provided in the closing credits and we can uh, talk about whether this is a good thing, whether it's a bad thing, whether maybe a shake-up is needed. Uh, I don't know, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Let's move on though by pushing that button that I just pushed. Book Banter Sponsored is... Where is it? Oh, from the inventor of Crystal Pepsi comes Crystal Milk. Ooh. Okay, uh, so if you're following along, you will know, no doubt, that uh, we were talking The Crystal City by Orson Scott Card, the final book, for now, of uh, The Tales of Alvin Maker. So we did it. We finished the... Uh, Psychology. I think there was five books in this Uh, one thing I did want to point out and I don't know what happened here (laughs) something that I usually do when I start a new book series like this is research, uh, do a little digging to see if it is in fact done, completed Uh, the, the author has stopped the series there's no more books in the series I could have sworn I did it for this one But, uh, when you go on the Wikipedia page for, uh, The Tales of Alvin Maker, you will see that, um, Orson Scott Card is not done writing this series, and there's, in fact, at least one more book, uh, forthcoming, not yet written. So, um, I got to the end of this book, and then thought it would be the end of the series, and then, I guess, it's not going to be. So, a little upsetting, because uh, I don't like doing that. (laughs) I'm a a bit of a completionist, and I like the fact I could put the series aside, sort of take it out of my mind as something I have completed. But now, it's always going to be in the back of my goddamn mind that uh, there's still one book to go, and will I ever read it? Uh, If it comes out, will I remember what happened in the first five books? Will I have to start from the beginning again? I won't do that. Uh, So it's sort of that feeling of it's going to always be hanging, and I don't like it. What I could do is just read maybe the synopsis, a very detailed synopsis of the last book, and maybe that would uh, scratch the itch in my brain. Uh, Anyways. Uh, Okay, so The Crystal City. Uh, This was better than the previous book. Uh, The not wrapping up of things was a little disappointing. Uh, but still, there was some cool things to 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 happen in this book. Uh, some of the, the the interesting ideas of this sort of alternate history is, like for example, in this one we have a, a fair amount with uh, Abraham Lincoln, and how he has helped uh, Alvin create his city, or at least find the area in which the city is going to be built. So uh, that is kind of where this one leaves off, is the city's not built, but they know where it's going to be. They've got some of the foundation starting, uh, which is a little disappointing as well, because the book's called The Crystal City, and the city's not there yet. (laughs) I'm looking at the cover of it, and there's a picture of seemingly Album with a crystal city in the background, which, kind of dumb, since the city does not yet exist. (sighs) Uh, a lot of this book is the escape of the slaves from one area being taken to where the city's going to be which is interesting because they're being chased uh they're they're gathering up uh slaves along the way to join them uh there's there's uh, uh Alvin's brother-in-law stepbrother I forget what he is exactly name of Arthur uh he's sort of come into his own Potentially, you see how he's going to develop powers similar to Alvin's, uh, not as powerful yet. But uh, it was kind of a cool idea to see uh, Alvin with his stepbrother Arthur, who are sort of, I guess, on the side of good, uh, juxtaposed uh, with Calvin, who decides to go with a band of... Um, I don't know if they were mercenaries, uh, a band of not very nice men who are going to Mexico to basically just kill Mexicans and try to take it over. Uh, Calvin is sort of the evil side, the the dark side, uh, of the of this whole uh, this whole world. Uh, that never ended up coming to blows as was predicted either, which I was a little ups uh, upset about, disappointed about uh one it kind of uh it, uh it kind of didn't make sense because uh alvin's wife margaret she has sort of the gift of prophecy and so, uh, and, and always sort of foretold and warned alvin that uh, one day calvin would come to him and try to kill him uh that never happened so she's not a very good prophet uh the other thing is that even if it did happen Alvin was so much more powerful than Calvin that it wouldn't have been much of a fight, so... Uh, Okay, so let's do ratings, because since this is the last book in the series, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, I think what we'll do is say, uh, this book, four out of five, uh, the series as a whole... Like, I think I gave the first three books five out of five, five out of five, five out of five. I really enjoyed them, and then it started to wane. Um, I'd probably go three and a half out of five, yeah. So, enjoyed while well reading, probably wouldn't read again, but would probably read the synopsis of the last book when it comes out. So, that's slightly more than a three. Oh my god, that is a convoluted rating, but that is just the sort of rating we provide. At the lackadaisical liberal tuberculous rating systems incorporated. Okay, today's game, Gavin's sponsor, is The Magic Wand, which is, of course, a fantasy-themed male strip club. Thank you for that sponsorship, in which I have two games to talk about in this game, Gavin Segments. The first being How to Survive. Mm, Top-down, I believe they call this isometric view. Uh, where you play one of four characters that you can choose from at the beginning, sort of Left for Dead style in a lot of ways, now that I think about it. Sort of a, a top... Well, Left for Dead, was that top-down? No, that was the first person. Anyways, yeah, sort of very Left for dead e actually, now that I think about it. Uh, s- some different elements, like uh, crafting, and you're not really going from point A to point B, per se. It's more of a a series of islands that you're inhabiting, going from one to the other, back and forth. I think there's three or four. Uh, Collecting things, crafting things, killing a shit ton of zombies. Uh, One of the zombies is even a big fat one that explodes, just as an example. So uh, to say that's ripped off is not too, too fair. Just because uh, bad guys... In the form of being very fat, that you shoot and then explode, has been in a shit ton of games. That's 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 a trope. It's it's a definite trope. Exploding fat guy trope, I think, uh, is gonna be in the the title of this episode. Hey, why not? As happens from time to time, exploding fat guy trope. Uh, while I'm. Recording an episode, I'll come up with the title and then type it in to where the title goes in uh, Podbean, who hosts the podcast. So, you heard it here, folks. It has happened. Uh, yeah, so, uh, basically, that's it. Left for Dead, some survivor elements in that you can get thirsty, hungry, and you need to sleep from time to time. Um, you're traveling around doing quests both mandatory story-related and optional ones. I didn't do too many of the optional ones. Uh, Something very strange about... uh, I'd even go most of the optional... uh, the optional missions in this. You would be doing them for... and I'm leaving a dramatic pause here... a monkey and a parrot. (laughs) And I wasn't sure which one was talking. Presumably the parrot. But it sounded like the monkey would say hi. And sort of a monkey voice, say, hi, 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 hi. And then the parrot would take over, talking, giving you your mission. Which is pretty bonkers. Which this game is on a lot of levels. Uh, there's there's some comedy, some laughs, some crazy characters. Uh, yeah, including the, the sort of main uh, NPC, non-playable character, who you meet up with uh, innumerable times over the course of the game, who has sort of scattered throughout the island's a series of uh, uh, manuals that'll sort of give you tips and tricks on how to survive this zombie-infested islands. Uh, I really, really enjoyed this game. It was a little short. Like, uh, I, I beat it in a day. Uh, Rating-wise, I'd probably go a solid 4. If it was a little longer, maybe a little more in-depth, uh, I'd probably go maybe even 5 out of 5. Uh, the shooting's great. You're You're, you're building guns out of things that you find. Uh, I found uh, a bow and arrow worked really well. And uh, there's also an RPG element a little bit. Uh, There's a skill tree that's not too too in depth really. Uh, That could have been flushed out a little bit more and I would have liked it. If they ever make How to Survive 2 and sort of build on what they've got here uh, I think this is a potentially very very fun An interesting game that uh, could have much more to it and I would enjoy it. So uh, I would recommend it. Okay so we got a a double game Gabin number two we've got Magicka Wizards of the Square Tablet Mm. and we're out of time so obviously you don't have much time to talk about that uh it's an interesting game. Uh you're moving from left to right as you do in a lot of games as you read from left to right. Uh you're a wizard. You've got uh, spells that are sort of coded to six, like, was it 6 or 7 or 8? 6 or 8. I think it might be 8. Yeah, so eight keys on your keyboard uh each of them is a spell. Uh, and then you use your mouse to activate them. So you'll click a key, uh, say one with a fire, with, a, with a, a picture of fire, then you click your mouse and you'll shoot a fireball. Uh, now that sounds interesting, because I've never really played anything like that, but it also sounds sort of cumbersome. Why couldn't you just have a button fire that when you push it, it fires? Because the sort of interesting mechanic here is that, say if I push the fire button, and then I push the lightning button and then I push the fire button again then I'm gonna have a spell ready that can do all of those things at once so it's going to be a fire lightning bolt and then there's because there's eight buttons there's a, quite a number of combinations of things you can do so for example I push the life button and the shield button and then click on myself I'm gonna get a life shield or a fire button and shield button I'm gonna get a fire shield Uh, Life button, press it four times, click on myself, I'm going to heal myself. There's just so many combinations of things you can do. Uh, And the bad guys, depending on what combination you use, are uh, more susceptible to certain things. So there's a definite element of strategy there, which is pretty challenging just because uh, eight buttons, uh, different bad guys coming towards you, trying to kill you, uh, makes it uh, a little frenetic. Uh, a little too frenetic, you might say. And I just did. <laughs> uh, it, 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 there was some fun to be had, but not enough to keep me sort of interested for very long, to be honest. So uh, because we're out of time, we'll just sort of cut it off there as I cut off the playing of that game when I stopped having fun and say that... Uh, two and a half out of five Mm, with the potential that uh, if you like this game at the beginning uh, and stick with it you could have more fun than I did oh boy convoluted yes internet intercourse sponsor is Bubbles Shed and Breakfast. Pancakes included. Now crab free. Thank you for that. Okay, so uh, today's internet intercourse is going to start off with us a new edition I don't know if I've brought this back to the old liberal cube yet I kind of don't think I have uh, yeah I, I mean, it doesn't matter uh, matters a little but not enough uh, the, a new podcast that uh, I've started recent, listening to somewhat recently added it t- to the podcast listening repertoire ha huh? uh, trailer park boys podcast simply named. Uh, You know what? I think I have spoken of this before. Anyways, uh, I wanted to bring it back again because episodes 7 and 8 of the podcast were interesting in that episode 7 had a special guest in the form of Snoop Dogg and episode 8 had a guest in the form of Jay Baruchel. Uh, So, very, very interesting that the Trailer Park Boys get seemingly... Uh, large guests in the sort of world of pot smoking. So, uh, cool. wonder if they'd ever get Doug Benson on. Yeah. I think Doug... Uh, I think the Trailer Park Boys were on Getting High with Doug, if I do recall. So, uh, they owe each other, I guess you could say. Uh, I'm gonna try to speed through these and actually fit them in. Uh, just recommend listening to those in general for the reason that they're funny. Uh, one thing I'm curious about is how do... In the world of the Trailer Park Boys, these three guys who never get out of character... How do they explain the fact that they uh, know Snoop Dogg, for example? Like, like, what is the logic that guys who live in a trailer park in a rural, a Canadian... Uh, what is it? Nova Scotia? I think that they live? How, how do they know Snoop Dogg in, in this world they have created? Which uh, I think he's going to be on an episode of Trailer Park Boys. Uh, when I say is going to be on... Uh, is on just I haven't seen the episode yet okay so moving on to <laughs> uh, oh I brought back a top 10 from watch mojo which I felt like I hadn't done in a while but this one sort of jumped out at me because uh, I find well let me just tell you what it is top 10 secret video game levels interesting uh yeah i I find on watch mojo for myself personally i always gravitate more towards the video game related ones um just cuz they're they're very well done and it's a subject matter i like and I, I don't know it's just more than the other ones that they post the the video game ones seem to grab my attention more uh this one was interesting and in that uh i guess i recognize most of them i, I brought a couple of examples uh, the first is probably one of the most famous. It's the cow level in Diablo. Uh, this is back in the day when it was hard to find resources for things like how to find secret levels in video games. So the internet, I guess it existed, but uh, not everyone had it. And it wasn't easy as it is now, where you could just type in anything anywhere. There was a little more little more to it than that. So I think I did, I definitely played Diablo uh, 1 and 2, 2 being one of my favorite, most favorite PC video games of all time that I played like hundreds of hours of. Um, I think I did do the the cow level. It's basically you go through a portal uh, where there's a bunch of cows that try to kill you. (laughs) That's it. Uh, So let's move on to uh, Super Mario Star Levels. Uh, This is, uh, yeah, I guess it's a secret, but most people found it and knew about that. In Super Mario for the Super Nintendo, uh, there's a bunch of levels that are located on sort of a star grid that you can play. And they were secret, which, uh, yeah, I guess they are. You do have to do things that you might not normally do to find these. Uh, I don't really remember those. The, when watching this, the, one of the things I think of my love, my like, of watch Mojo video game related things is it sort of makes me want to replay uh, these things. So this made me want to dust off Super Mario and, and look at these star levels because I don't really remember what they were. I remember some of them were tricky, though. Uh, okay, what was the last one I had? was seemed a little... Uh, I don't know, Uh, well I'll tell you what it is the smashing car in Street Fighter so if you ever played Street Fighter sometimes you could go to an area where you smashed a car not really a secret level I felt like, but what the hell, okay so uh, as you heard we're out of time so I'll have to sneak in this last one Um, but it's important that I do because this thing was pretty friggin awesome it was uh, not too deep with Grace Helbig which I'm pretty sure I've spoken of before on this podcast, uh, it is a podcast starring you guessed it Grace Helbig. This was her very. This is why I wanted to bring it back. This was her very first live episode. Uh, it was uh, recorded at Just for Laughs in Toronto, which uh, is awesome and also sad because I'm about 45 minutes from where this was recorded and had no idea that it happened. And it would have been something that would have been cool to go to. That's one of my my bucket list things. Uh, that I'm definitely going to do one year, and that is go to Just for Laughs, because it's in Toronto, and I'm pretty goddamn close to Toronto, and I like to laugh. I like to laugh. So uh, it's something I definitely got to do one year to see things like this, where she has guests Harley Morenstein, who you may know from Epic Mealtime, and I hope you do, because those guys consistently every week put out good shit on the internets. Uh, Just deep sort of belly laughs. Uh, So, so very funny. And this particular uh, amalgam of Grace and Harley, just incredible. Uh, Combining, making me laugh on several occasions, which I like, as I have just mentioned. uh, With uh, being interesting to hear them sort of interact with one another. Because both famous internet peoples but seemingly very different people, uh, and then also seemingly get along very well whenever they interact with one another, which is, I think why I like this. It's, uh, Harley reminds me a little bit more of myself. Um, Grace, maybe a little bit like the Mrs. Now that I think about it on some levels, the Misses is a little Grace Hill So, uh, maybe I'm, I'm sort of, uh, using that as a reason to, uh, like it more, picturing myself and the missus doing this. Hmm, how about that? Got a little psychology-ish there at the end, uh, and this is the end, which means I should say, as I like to do from time to time, that it is nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory.